This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. folks welcome to episode one of the listening party for vampires of Whitechapel. my name is jc delatore i am the creator and writer and producer of the show and i also do a few voices here and there and with me is also rita delatore who is our own lieutenant cantello yay hello everybody and a very special guest with us is ariana grayson herself cat noel cat welcome Thank you so much for having me. Hi, you guys. And so uh, we all just listened to episode one, and hopefully everybody else uh, that's listening to the show also listened to episode one so that <laughs> it's fresh in their minds. And wow, how's that to start a series out? Uh, I mean, just a whole uh, uh, the, the craziness with the music and everything that just kind of came together for, for episode one of Vampires of Whitechapel. Rita, what do you have to say about that? Well, it's funny you should mention the music because the music honestly, is what I think makes half of this show. And we were so blessed because for for many years, we've been uh, purchasing music from a group called Midnight Syndicate. Mm -hmm. And they make a variety of different uh, horror, uh, creepy, scary kind of Halloween music. But they've also been delving into uh, making uh, soundtracks for horror uh, movies and and I think they've also produced their own uh, indie film. Yep. Mm. And we reached out to them because we've literally had years and years of their library just sitting in our uh, in our music collection, and we're like, hey, you know, it, it'd be really cool if we can use your music for our you know vampires podcast because yeah. Yeah, it's basi- perfect. <laughs> yeah, basically, I started out asking them, so how much would it cost? And they're like, well, you know, uh, we can it could be, you know, X amount of dollars or we can do a, you know, a promotional deal where you mention our our band at the beginning and at in the <laughs> middle and at the end. And then, you know, if you do that then, and make sure that everybody knows that it's our music, uh, you can use whatever's in our catalog. And I was like, wow, oh, really? <laughs> For free? And we're like, and they're like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and they have been fantastic. In fact, uh you know, uh, we'll talk about episode eight down the line, but uh, episode eight, I specifically wrote a scene in that episode uh, to be able to incorporate uh, a song sung by the the singer Destiny Beard with Midnight Syndicate. And uh, that scene just rocks. I mean, I love that scene so much. It was so <laughs> awesome. Uh, what I loved at the beginning of episode one was the reading of the letter. Uh, mm-hmm. when Alistar start, starts piping in and he sounds so creepy yet so sexy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, and for me, I mean, it's it's Kat's uh, power uh, at the beginning of the, of the episode where she's, uh, the way that you read Ariana and how you could tell she's torn with her with her uh, humanity being lost and the fact that she's she's now 
you know, in her words, a monster. I, I, I it just kind of uh, amazed me how, how you were able to kind of capture that moment, Kat. I'm a little biased, but that is a killer <laughs> opening monologue. No pun intended, but oh, I just had so much fun with it. And I think that was what I liked bringing to the table most was just my amount of fun. Oh, it was so good. Yep. And, and then the, the very cool thing, I think, was, you know, the whole her whole concept of death where, you know, it's natural in human nature to be able to fear death. But mm-hmm. she wishes she could die, you know, because, oh, yeah. you know, she had that opportunity. She was she was going across into, you know, whatever's next in, in, in the abyss. And, you know, she felt at peace and then mm-hmm. got ripped out of that. And, and that's because she was death raped. She was death raped. <laughs> so, so what do you guys think of that term death rape? I like it. I think it pretty much embodies what had happened to Ariana. And it, it, it's funny because, you know, we have a, a really nasty rape culture going on right now. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, it really is horrible. And this is kind of a way to, um, I'm, I'm trying to find the right words, uh, put a little bit of a light on that. Mm-hmm. Without without actually having you know something terrible like a like a rape because I would never write a scene like that I can't do anything. Oh like that, yeah but. yeah yeah that would never happen. But uh, j- just the idea of being death raped of being denied, uh, well forced into something that you didn't want to do. Yes, yeah. exactly. And at the end of the day, it's like what Alistair had done to her is no different from you know somebody sexually ass- assaulting another person. Uh, the only difference here is Ariana is going to be living with this for the rest of her immortal life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Kat, what did you think of the whole death rape thing? Using that particular word, I have to agree with Rita there. I think it casts a very interesting light on the topic. In most vampire media, I, I feel like people normally either want it or hate it, but they never have the option. And with this, it's just like... It's almost like winning second place at the Olympics. Like I was so close to dying and not having to deal with any of this BS again. And you stole that from me. You took my death away or you took my sexuality away and you thrust yourself upon it. And I think it's very powerful. Yeah, definitely. So uh, one of the things that I definitely wanted to do with Ariana's character um, is I wanted her to not be just a monster. So I wanted mm-hmm. her to kind of have that uh, Dexter principle. I don't know if you ever got to see <laughs> Dexter Cat. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, where he was the the killer of serial killers. He was a serial killer, but he killed other serial killers. So it wasn't, uh, or murderers. So it wasn't exactly a bad thing <laughs> un- until he turned, you know, and, and then we won't even talk about the end of the Dexter season. <laughs> series. But, but, but you know, you, you get my meaning though, is I wanted uh, Ariana to kind of have that uh, moment where uh, she wasn't necessarily truly evil. You know, she's tried to do good, but you know, things just didn't kind of work out. Yeah. She gives herself a purpose. And I think that's really admirable. Like she has given, a really bad situation. She's just dealt a bad hand and she decides I need to turn this around. I need to make the best of it. I'm going to do something good. Like I've always wanted to do. And I really admire her for that. Yeah. Well, at the same time, trying to hide from everybody else, you know, who and what she really is. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to hearken real 
um, back real quick to Alistair's letter. Oh, yeah, we were definitely oh, going yes. to that. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I actually noticed when I listened to the episode again just recently that I completely missed when I originally read the script and missed when I heard the the episode, you know, the first, first few time. times. Yeah. That vampires accidentally created werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I didn't catch that until this last uh, listen through of the episode. I'm like, wait a minute. Because it, it was just so happenstance. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, th- th- this happened. But moving on, they're like, you guys just accidentally created werewolves? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, they accidentally <laughs> shared some blood with a wolf. And all of a sudden, there's werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I've never heard of before. So, so when I got a listen to that, I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. And, and are we going to see werewolves in the future? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but <laughs> that was that was one of the things that I, that I wanted to do is I wanted to get away from a lot of the the tropes that were out there. I mean, I did kind of walk it back a little bit later on in the season, um, but for the most part, I wanted to get away from that. You know, if they're in sunlight, they'll burn up and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the 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 silly uh, stuff that that's been out there forever. Yeah, even stakes through the heart. The, can't the, kill the cliche yeah. stuff, you know, that garlic. just yeah, you know, the garlic. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I, I I just didn't want our vampires to be that weak. I wanted uh, only one way to kill them is to you know, and that is to take their head and then burn the body until there's nothing left. And that's the only way you can destroy a vampire in our world. Which is pretty involved if you think about it. I mean, stake through the heart. Okay, no, now you got to dismember the parts. <laughs> burn them all, scatter the ashes. That's like the only way. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I definitely wanted to put some distance between uh, our, our our vampire lore and and that you know the 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 known you know cliches that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Alistair's letter, I mean, what I really really love about Alistair is the fact that other than Ariana, he doesn't really think of humans of as anything but food mm-hmm. we're hamburgers to yeah him. <laughs> you're, you're basically a cheeseburger to him and you know the, it, whatever happens with the body you know you're, he's just throwing away a carton <laughs> <laughs> and, and think about it in, in the episodes when when he's doing you know very serial killer like things he's only doing it to impress her yeah to yep. get her attention and and to uh uh you know test her in a way yeah mm-hmm. Uh, what what did you think of the flashback, uh, Kat? Uh, when we when we go back into the past and the time of Jack the Ripper, uh, what what did you think of that whole thing? I thought it was so effective. Um, I end up playing Alistair's first victim, so that was also exciting for me. Yep. And I had actually, I had actually forgotten about that that you you are Molly. <laughs> I did as well until I re-listened to the episode. And I was like, oh, my scream. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought it was so humanizing because you can really see the effect of time on him. Like, who knows? In like 140 years, Ariana will be the exact same way, probably. And I just think it's interesting, like how you can see the timeline of a vampire's life just from that one situation. Yep. And in a way, you can also see the parallels that I yeah. that we were trying to establish between what happened with Ariana and what happened with Alistair. So, but it, the one main difference was Alistair was kind of cowardly in that, you know, he was afraid to be destroyed and afraid to be killed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he accepted Jack's offer. Well, mm-hmm. 
And he expected the same thing from Ariana, and that didn't, <laughs> that exactly didn't quite happen. work out the way uh, <laughs> the way he wanted. Now, now, how cool is it that Jack the Ripper's a vampire? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I've always, I mean, the whole premise of Vampires of White Chapel is because of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Jason had pitched me the idea about doing Jack the Ripper as a vampire, and I'm like, that makes total sense. Yep. Oh, yeah. Especially and, in that time. Yeah, exactly. And what was uh, really, really impressive was how Alexander was able to kind of change his voice. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and his accent and everything. So he's two completely different people. Because think about it. When Jack and Alistair are talking to each other, Alex is basically talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. It's so impressive. I am such a fan of his. It, 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 yeah. And, and one of my favorite parts about that flashback is when Jack goes into the blood rage. And that's the first time we, we see any of the vampires going into that blood rage. And you just keep thinking of in your mind how they're going to morph into like this giant you know, lizard-like, you know, bat-like kind of monster. And, and, and w- w- you know, with the pointy, jagged teeth and stuff. And I'm like, this ain't your Twilight vampires here. Exactly. <laughs> they don't exactly. glitter. I mean, no and, sparkles. <laughs> there was definitely no sparkles involved here, for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, unless the sparkles come from the blood glistening off their long, <laughs> teeth. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean, I think what I really wanted to do with that whole transformation thing was uh, I thought – it, why would werewolves be the only one that transferred into uh, trans uh, transmogrified or whatever into <laughs> their their monster state? Yeah. Uh, why, why wouldn't vampires kind of do the same thing? So that's kind of why I went that route. And I also wanted the our vampires to kind of be like the old uh, you know Nos- Nosferatu type vampires. Yes. Um, I want them to have that look and feel. Uh, and so uh, to get there, you know, you can't you can't be walking around looking like that. So, <laughs> so, so there had to be some kind of transformation that got you there. Mm-hmm. And now, now, now Molly Chambers. Poor Molly. Oh yes. Poor Molly. <laughs> Poor, Poor Molly. Molly. In, in the history of the Ripper case, we know Molly Chambers was his last victim, at least that we know of, right? Cause no other victims were ever found. Well, I mean, there was other victims, but it was kind of one of those things where uh, they weren't official Ripper victims. They were just kind of Ripper like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved when you tied in the fact that it wasn't Jack who had killed Molly, but it was Alistair in his blood rage. Right. Because he had what sequestered himself in his apartment for who knows how long trying to fight whatever it was to have poor, poor Molly knock on the door. Yeah. No, governor. Are you all right? <laughs> and, then, and, and then he opens the door and he's like, I am now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor girl. Yeah. So, so when, uh, when you were Molly, how, how did, uh, how did you approach that cat? <laughs> I think I approached it in just, this is a poor, sweet British prostitute. And she is desperately in love with this man who's been ignoring her. Like she got ghosted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she was ghosted. And I just think she had an intuition. Something was wrong. She just wanted to help. Unfortunately, her help was not of a help to her. But <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, but it helped. It helped out. She, she helped in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the, the, the crazy things uh, that I loved about the flashback uh, as well was Alistair's interaction with George Lusk. 
you know, yes. Lusk is known as uh, the the person that kind of created a a vigilante group to try to find the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And so the guy wasn't uh, exactly known as one of the most intelligent folks in the world. <laughs> um, so to see Alistair's wittiness kind of come out and kind of just run rings around him was was, was great. And I thought the, the actor that played uh, Lusk was hilarious. Uh, Scott Ropel is his name. And I thought he was he was hilarious uh, in, in, in his uh, interactions with with uh, Alistair. And, and it's funny because Alistair is not a nobleman, but he is definitely a gentleman. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's upper class. Yeah. Maybe not the nouveau riche, but he is still part of the working class, but still slightly above, you know, the. Well, you can't really say middle class because right. there, there, there isn't a middle class yet, but he's still part of that upper echelon. He's, he's not poor. Let's, let's no, yeah. definitely not yeah. poor. But he still, I think, had this arrogant uh, air about him where he definitely thought he was better than others. Yep. And George yeah. and George Lusk obviously uh, was jealous of that as well. No, mm-hmm. not, not only jealous, he was very resentful. Yeah. You can tell. And, and one of the things that, that I also loved about Alexander's uh, portrayal of Jack was I told Alexander to, that Jack was slightly mad. You know, all these years of being a vampire, you know, you go a little cuckoo after a while. <laughs> and, and I thought he captured the, the, the mat, those little laughs, and, you know, giggles that, that Alexander would do with Jack. And, you know, it, it was just so damn creepy. And, and, and it's funny doing. because you, you can't help but love the Jack character. But at the same time, he is pretty insane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when you when uh, you get to the sound effects of, you know, when Alistair attacks Molly, uh, mm-hmm. I tried to find the creepiest, you know, grossest <laughs> sound, sound effects that you could find. It was pretty gnarly. Yes. Uh, what, what did you what did you think of the sound effects, Rita? I thought there was seriously something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> when you had me listen to that scene for the first time while you were still, you know, tweaking it and up and stuff, I'm just giving you this look like, are you about to like pull a knife and <laughs> oh, start creating your own sound effects? Well, <laughs> what, what about you, Kat? Oh, I thought it was so haunting. I, I loved the effects in this episode. This maybe one of my favorite episodes for that but oh man it was it was kind of squishy yes. you just you just could really feel those guts just being yeah. ripped Drift apart out. well if, if you think that episode one was good with the gory wait till later yeah as as we yeah. go through the as we go through the listening party there was uh some some episodes that uh, no kidding. Uh, they literally scared me as I was <laughs> as I was putting him together. I was like, "Whoa, am I going too far here?" <laughs> Had to look oh, behind your shoulder. Exactly. We have said many, many times this is not a family friendly show. It is not. Do not listen it to it not. in the dark right before you go to bed because you do are going to give yourself nightmares. Yes, do not. Uh, and and one of the funny things that I think has developed out of uh, this show was the fandom that that we've started to build. I know there is a uh, one guy on Twitter that absolutely loves your character, Cat. I mean, he, oh, it, he 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 is crazy about your character. No, I mean he's just a very big fan, and and he loves the character of Ariana Grayson. Well, I am so honored 
I will extend to him my greatest thanks. Yep, absolutely. And uh, one of the last things I wanted to mention on this episode was uh, the whole Molly Chambers, Alistair uh, relationship aspect. Um, I kind of lifted that a little bit from uh, the Johnny Depp movie from hell. Oh, I oh, that was that. such a good film. Oh, it's that great. was an amazing film. Yeah, it's it's a Jack the Ripper. Uh, you know, Johnny Depp plays uh, this uh, inspector that's trying to catch Jack the Ripper in, in the old, olden times, and uh, one of one of the the things about that was uh, he be, he develops this relationship with a prostitute mm-hmm. uh, that is you know one of the Ripper's targets, and so I kind of like that idea of that. You know, an investigative person or somebody that's trying to find the Ripper would befriend one of the the uh, the prostitutes and kind of, you know, st- uh, strike up a relationship with them. Um, and I wanted to kind of play with that a little bit and then wonder what would happen if if that person got turned evil or turned into a monster. Oh, yeah. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I, I remember that movie from hell. It was really creepy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that pretty much does it for this uh, particular listening party. Um, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it, we we loved your your Ariana Grayson, and we Aww. continue to love it in every single episode. Yeah, this show wouldn't be anything without Ariana Grayson's. Uh, so, thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor. I love this show with my whole, whole heart. Yep. And Rita, of course, uh, you'll be with me for every single one of these. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have to thank you for coming, but thank you Hi. for coming anyway. <laughs> you know what? Just for that, I, I won't come next time. I'm just going to go into the next room and leave you to it. OK, well, then I get to just get to talk about it with myself or whoever we have as a guest next time. OK, gotcha. But, uh, you know, thank you, folks, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the re-listen of uh, episode one. It's definitely one of our favorites. It got the whole thing started. So uh, and I hope you'll join us again next time for episode two, because that one gets even more creepier. Yay. Creepy.